Yo, everybody can hear me? We're good? We're good? We're good? Give me one moment. Okay. All right, so I got here and I got here. Live chat. Okay, Native, hey, Edmund, Jolene, hey, how you doing? Miss Jolene, I hope all is well. Uh, Renzo, Celio, I got uh, steepage. Steepage, seriously. Uh, Everybody in the chat over here, I got... Uh, Genesis, hey, Malgies, Dinah, Steve, Tyrone. All right, all right, clockwork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right, let's get into this. Teku, hey, what's happening? Um, I haven't done one of these in a while. I know I still owe Edward Bailey. I know the custom reviews, brother. You be picking some obscure movies that's kind of hard to find. So you just got to bear with me. I found two of them. Uh, I gotta locate the third one so I can knock them all out at once. So just bear with me, bro. You know, when you, when you order custom stuff, you can't rush custom. So if future reference, if you guys ever donate for a specific uh, movie review, uh, it is a custom movie breakdown. Okay, it's it's custom. It means I take my time with it. Okay, all right. So let's talk about some movies tonight. It won't be long. I only got three lined up. Um. <laughs> All right. So first up, we're gonna talk about the old guard. Um on the wake up radio, on the wake up radio dot com, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. I don't have this 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 I don't have this speech in front of me, so I'm just going off memory. Uh send us money, PayPal at on the wake up radio at gmail.com. Yeah. Okay, uh, first movie up is uh, The Old Guard. Charlize Theron. I make no bones that I do not like Charlize Theron as a person for what how she's raising that boy into a girl. But I will keep my personal uh, gripes aside to properly break down this movie. It is a very good movie based off the old comics from like 20 years ago, I believe. Okay, uh, let me try something real quick. Hold up. I like that tent. No, no, it's a better tent. I'm playing with light filters. I'm playing with light filters. Um, okay, the old guard. Basically, the theme for the old guard is pay it forward. At the end of the day, it is a theme of paying it forward. It's probably the simplest way I could describe this this movie to you. But there's some background stuff that I want to cover with you guys because there's a lot to as far as this. Okay, so. There's it's a four man team. It's Joe, Nikki, Booker, and Andy. Andy is Charlize Theron. Okay, so in the beginning, 
Andy mentions in a monologue that she's tired of it. Okay. And then Andy meets her team in Morocco. They've been hired to do a job by an ex-CIA agent named Coughlin, played by Chad Weltel, Elijah Four. Um, you know him from playing uh, next to Denzel in, I think it was the Inside Man. And he did Kinky Boots. Okay. He did Kinky Boots as well. Okay, so they hire for a hostage uh, situation in South in the South Sudan. Andy rejects the idea of doing it, doing repeat missions. Andy takes a pic for family and deletes one of the pictures of the photos of her in in it in the background. So she's all super secretive. She doesn't want people to know who she is, or you know, I'm, you know. All right, so Andy has become disenfranchised by watching the news. She believes their efforts are not helping. Okay. Andy Booker, they meet Copeland. Copeland mentions his wife died from ALS, which is Lou Gehrig's disease. He gives them intel on the mission. 17 students have been kidnapped. Andy agrees to take the mission. Now, the old guard from my military folks, uh, 3rd Infantry Unit, America's oldest active duty infantry unit since 1784. That is what the old guard refers to. Military guys, what I'm talking about when I say these, these type of things, okay? So then the team infiltrates the compound. They breach the cellar door to find an empty room. They've been set up and ambushed. Uh, They are shot and killed. So as the gunmen uh, pretty much wrap up the scene, they come to life. They heal from their wounds and then proceed to kill all the hitmen uh, a la John Wick style. So the whole gun thing is done to death in this movie. It's done well, but we've seen it before. Really, at all credit goes to uh, Cha Gun Fat in, in those movies. So now everyone's, you know, gun fooing it in their movies. Um, Copeland then watches uh, via CCTV and has a Civil War picture of Andy on his desk. Andy's very, very old. Very old. We'll try and pick out how old she is. Uh, he calls Stephen from, uh, from Merck uh, Pharma. That he has the footage of them. Andy says the world is getting worse. And to go find Coughley. Uh, <clears throat> now we, we go we fast forward to Afghanistan. Uh, Niall, the young sister in this particular movie. She leads a female squad of Marines on a search for a terrorist. Niall finds the terrorist and, is in, and shoots him, injures him. While tending to his wounds, he slashes her throat killing her Uh, the team back at andy's team uh, they have a dream of nile and vice versa so they dream of each other okay so in this universe all these immortals they dream of each other so that's way that is one way for them to locate each other okay uh nile wakes up in the infirmary uh her team looks at her kind of crazy because they're like yo you were dead you were dead you were dead you were dead she doesn't understand how she survived and how she recovered Yada, yada, yada. Um, Andy then questions why now they haven't seen another immortal in 200 years. And they set off to find her. While the team goes to find Coughley, Niall's team questions her miraculous recovery. In London, Stephen uh, talks to Merrick from Pharmaceuticals as a possible cure for dementia and the extension of the human life cycle. Coughley shows Stephen the footage of the team. Stephen wants them all captured. Niall has orders to go to Germany for more tests. Okay. 
Andy then kidnaps Niall before she can leave. They were going to lock her up and test the hell out of her, basically. Uh, Rashad, what's going on, bro? I see you. Uh, sound out. Sound out. You can't hear me? Can everybody hear me? Before I, before I, I, I continue. I'm assuming everybody but Brian Brooks can hear me. Brian, I think it's you, bro. Okay, you're in. All right, everyone. Okay, Truth Teller. Oh, Lord Jesus. Truth Teller somehow has meandered his way. <laughs> All right, cool, cool. Uh, so during the drive, Niall tries to escape. Andy then shoots Niall in the back of the head. Niall recovers from the gunshot wound. She's immortal. Okay, Andy gives Niall the lowdown. Niall begins to pray. Andy says God doesn't exist. Now, mind you, uh, I noticed a lot of common themes with movies with old characters. They all pretty much say God doesn't exist. So that's a common theme with these particular movies. Uh, Niall then says, my God does. Andy says there was a time she was wor worshipped as a God. Niall attempts to hijack the plane. Andy shoots the pilot and tells him to play dead in Russian. Andy begins to spar with Niall. Andy breaks her arm and leg. Of course, she recovers. Niall recovers faster than the others. Niall agrees to disappear from family and join the team. Outside of Paris, Niall meets the rest of the team. Niall is told uh, they fight for what is right. Niall says the dreams are like homing beacons to find each other. Or I'm sorry, Nick. Nick. Nick says that. Booker was the last one they found since 1812. Nikki and Joe met during the Crusades. So this is how old these guys are. They met during the, Cru the Crusades. They were in. Uh, uh, okay, here's a twist. They were enemies. Now they're lovers. Joe and Nikki are guys. So I, I, I guess. I, I okay. They just had to throw that in there. Um, Andy predates everybody. She derives from the Scythians, okay? Scythians, Scythians. That's an old, old clan of people. Let me find it real quick. Where are my notes? Where are my notes? Where's my notes? Oh, shit. Don't tell me I ain't got my notes. Bear with me. I'm trying to find the Scythians, y'all. Here we go. Uh, okay, so Andy's name is shortened. Her, her full name is Andromache. Andromache. What is Andromache? There's a picture of a, a Greek tragedy in the, in the movie on Coughley's desk or on his backboard, okay? Andromache is a tragedy in five acts by French playwright Jean Racine, okay? Basically, it tells what happened to Hector's family after Achilles killed him during the Trojan War. Okay. I'm not going to get into all that. I'm not even going to get into all that. It's not that serious. I just want to find a Scythians part. Okay, here we go. Scythians. Scythians from Greece, known as Sith, Saka, Sake, uh, Iskuzai, or Askuzai, were nomadic people who dominated the Pontiac steppe from the 7th century BC up to the 3rd century BC. They were part of the wider Scythian cultures stretching across the Eurasian steep 
uh, which includes many people that are distinguished from the Scythians. Uh, okay. Scythians are generally believed to have been of Iranian origin. They spoke a language of the Scythian branch of the Eastern Iranian languages and practiced a variant of ancient Iranian religion. So that's how old this character Andy is in this movie. Extremely old, okay? We're talking basically 3rd century BC. Now, Andy says they're not completely immortal. They can die. Andy says one day your wounds no longer heal. Nobody knows when and why. Later that night, Niall dreams of a woman locked in an Iron Maiden drowning in the sea. She kept drowning repeatedly over and over. Now, we're getting to some backstory. If you read the comics, then you know in the comics, uh, Andy's former friend, lover, uh, they go at it because um, basically... Andy's former friend lover has grown to really hate humanity for what they did to her and just overall suffering and stuff. Okay. Now, Quinn. Quinn was a mongoloid, uh, the first immortal Andy ever found. Uh, they were together during the Salem witch trials. They were captured. Andy and Quinn were then found guilty of witchcraft. They tried to hang them. It wouldn't work because they kept recovering from the broken necks. Um, and they were thus fermenting, uh, cementing their status as witches. Okay. But then Quinn was locked in an Iron Maiden and then thrown overboard into the sea. Andy escaped and tried to find Quinn to no avail. Andy blames herself. Quinn was in the sea for 500 years. So this woman that's basically immortal kept drowning over and over locked in this iron maiden in the bottom of the sea okay so i i would assume when she gets out she had she's pretty angsty all right um later that night the team is ambushed and joe and nikki are captured booker and andy and niall go to paris to retrieve the guys during the abduction joe professes his love for Nikki and they kiss. Oh God! Ugh. Anywho, um, okay. Booker, Andy, and I go to one of Andy's uh, cave hideouts. It's an abandoned mine. There's ancient artifacts, an old Victorian painting of herself, a Rodin sculpture. Back at Merrick Pharmaceuticals, Joe and Nikki are tortured for the sake of science. Merrick wants to crack the genetic code to make cures for diseases. Okay. Earlier, during the ambush, Andy was stabbed. She's still bleeding. Andy has lost her regenerative, regenerative powers, so she can no longer heal herself. Okay. Booker tells Andy his third son died of cancer in 1942. He tells Andy, if you try to touch the lives of loved ones, they will ask for your attributes. You'll later watch them suffer and die and they'll tell and they'll tell her that she doesn't love them okay during flashbacks while booker's son was dying of uh while he was dying his son cursed him okay so this is part of the curse of being immortal the family wants what you have when you can't give it to them they'll curse you for having it okay this is like the lifelong grief of an of an immortal basically and he goes to a store for medical supply or to a store for medical supplies the clerk then takes her to the back room and bandages bandages her up the clerk tells her 
Today I put this on your wound. Tomorrow you help someone up when they fall. So once again, the pay it forward theme is very apparent in this movie, and it's going to be very key at the very end, okay? Andy has a flashback to when her immortal companion died in battle. He was a brother. He got cut in the stomach, and then he's laying there dying. His wound's not healing, and they're like, what's the problem? He's not healing, and he's like, it is time. It is time as he dies, okay? Uh, Coffley and Merrick have a falling out. Merrick wants to, to uh, do indefinite testing. Okay, Nile reveals to Andy her dad was Kaya. Andy says she's forgotten what her mother and sister look like and admits she stopped looking for Quinn. Booker finds the Merrick lab in Surrey, uh, in Surrey, England to go to rescue Joe and Nikki. Booker hands Andy a pistol. Nile has a change of heart and discovers a full clip in the trunk of the car and realizes Andy has been given an empty pistol. Meanwhile, Andy and Booker find Coffley. Coffley has been keeping a timeline of Andy and her team's uh, exploits of all the people they've helped. So he has this huge wall and he's got the strings and it's linked to the pictures. So and he has links to every person they've helped. Okay, which is going to be important towards the end. Keep in timeline, 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 timeline. Okay. Uh, Booker then shoots Andy in the side. Copley reveals he's been tracking her kind for years and wants to crack their code to their immortality. Okay. Uh... So the, the Merc, Merc comes in. They capture Booker. They realize Andy's no longer healing. They all get captured. Then Niall has to come in. She comes in she breaks into Coffee's office they have a coup d'etat uh he's she's like i'm one of the new ones blah 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 so then she goes to begin her assault on, on the merrick pharmaceuticals to go rescue her team okay so they she finds the team uh and in this third act it's a pretty decent fight choreography gun choreography it's, it's pretty well done uh you see in the in the parts where Niall uses her body as a shield to protect Andy from getting shot because now they realize she can no longer heal. Okay. Uh, Andy tells Niall she reminds her that that people are still worth fighting for. Uh, Merrick uh, ambushes Andy and they have a gun drawn on her. Andy asks Niall, do you think he speaks Russian? Which is going back to the plane fight because she talked to to the pilot in Russian. So then... Nile shoots Andy, Merrick shoots Nile, and then Andy makes a maneuver, grabs her combat axe, then chops Merrick in the neck, and then Nile grabs Merrick and launches them both out of a 15-story window, landing on top of a car, killing Merrick. <laughs> the team all come downstairs uh, while Nile now rege- uh, regenerates, and then the team drives off. As punishment, uh, the team banishes Booker for 100 years for his, his, his betrayal. Of the team, Coffley um, f- fixes Niall's death to killed in action. Okay. So then, and, uh, so then, Coffley explains Andy's timeline for the last 150 years. So every person they've helped became somebody to either help forward 
pushed humanity forward. They created some great invention. So the whole thing of pay it forward because of Andy and her team's helping uh, help propel uh, the human civilization for good. You understand? Um, okay. It's catching. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I listen. It was decent. I watched it. I don't, you know, I, like I said, I don't care for Charlie staring like that. I really, really don't. I really, really don't. Hold up. Okay. The movie that I wanted to talk about the most is Pinocchio. Because everyone keeps talking about truth. Thank you, bro. I appreciate that. Everyone keeps talking about the sex trafficking thing and you know, and the the, uh, the movies and, and, and the cartoons and stuff. So I didn't know about the Pinocchio thing like that. I've never watched Pinocchio all the way through. I didn't care for Disney movies like that when I was little. It wasn't a big deal for me. Okay, so we're going to get into Pinocchio because there's some things in Pinocchio that we need to discuss. Now, Pinocchio, the original animated movie, 1940. 1940. This is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm I'm, I'm referring to, okay? Jiminy Cricket was initially in the original draft, in the original version, he was killed by Pinocchio, then then retrieved, and he would turn as a ghost, okay? Jiminy is Pinocchio's conscience. He was appointed by the Blue Fairy. Uh, The name Jiminy Cricket is like a chopped up oath or like a, a slander or for like Jesus Christ. You understand? So you just see people say, oh, when something goes bad, it's oh Jesus or Jesus Christ. That's what Jiminy Cricket is, is like. It's like, ah, Jiminy Cricket. That's what that is. It's like a minced oath to, to Jesus Christ. OK, it's a euphemism for children. Also, um, this is what you refer to as ch- children. Jiminy Crickets. All right. Jimmy Jiminy tells a story of visiting the village where he stumbles upon Geppetto's cottage. The name Geppetto let me find Geppetto. Geppetto, Geppetto, where are you? 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 Okay, here we go. Geppetto. It's Italian. And Geppetto, basic, um, so he wears a wig. And it's made of cornmeal. It looks like the color of cornmeal. And, and his neighbors will call him Polendina as like to make jokes of his wig because it looks like cornmeal. Okay. He's impoverished. Uh, Okay. It's a, it's a play on the word Giuseppe, which is, which Giuseppe is Italian for Joseph. So basically Geppetto is Joseph in Italian slang kind of sort of, okay. So let me get back to the story. Okay. Okay. Geppetto's a woodcarver. Jiminy discovers the Pinocchio puppet after he goes into the house because he's looking for warmth because he's he's homeless. He's a homeless cricket. Okay. He's a homeless cricket. Now, another version, another version of, of Pinocchio. Jiminy was a little boy that's turned into a cricket as punishment. That was the one another version they, they, they discussed. Okay. Geppetto puts the finishing touches on Pinocchio. Geppetto wishes for Pinocchio to become a real boy. Geppetto makes his wish on a wishing star that night for Pinocchio. The blue fairy then shows up and grants Geppetto's wish. 
Okay. Uh, Pinocchio has to prove himself brave, truthful, and unselfish to be considered a real boy. He has to know the difference between right and wrong using his conscience. Pinocchio asks, what's a conscience? And Jimmy, Jiminy volunteers to explain to him what a consciousness is. The blue fairy then recommends Jiminy uh, and knights him as such. And then he gets brand new clothes and, and a walking cane. Okay. Or an umbrella. Umbrella. Okay. Jiminy then tries to teach uh, Pino, that's his nickname, to whistle or yell when he's faced with temptation. Okay. Because Pinocchio doesn't know any better. Right. Geppetto wakes and discovers, uh, discovers Pinocchio. Pinocchio tells Geppetto the blue fairy came and that he has a conscience. Uh, Pinocchio begins playing with a candle and his finger catches on fire. Of course, Geppetto puts it out, but he doesn't know any better. Okay. Next day, uh, Pinocchio is off to school and comes across Honest John. Honest has a plan to kidnap Pinocchio and sell him to Stromboli. Stromboli. <laughs> Stromboli, uh, he's a, a traveling showman for puppets. Okay. Honest John can't read. He holds Pinocchio's book upside down. Now, remember the last event? The last major event we had where somebody was reading a book upside down. I'm going to give you a minute to figure it out. I say, do you remember the last time during a major crisis on TV, you saw a person reading a book upside down? No. Bush Jr. during 9-11. Remember, he was reading a book upside down to a bunch of school children when he got the word the towers were hit. Okay. <laughs> okay, so then Pinocchio's on his way to school. And, I, and he comes across Honest John. And Honest, Honest John's like, no, you should be in the theater. Because you're really good at what you, you're really good. You should be in the theater. Jiminy overslept, and then he sees Pinocchio with Honest John. Jimmy tells uh, Pino, Honest John is temptation. But Pino still leaves with Honest John. Uh, later that night, Pinocchio uh, performs for a crowd for Stromboli. Pinocchio doesn't come home that night. He's with Stromboli. Okay, Stromboli says, she's face will be in every town. Pinocchio says, she will? Now that threw me off. The she part. That totally threw me off. He says, she will as, uh, as two tears fall down his face. You have to go back and watch this movie. That scene, kind of weird. When Stromboli referred to him as she, he repeats she, and he had two tears fall down his, down his, down his uh, cheek. Yes, Carrie, I watched it, girl. I watched it. <laughs> okay. And then Stromboli locks Pinocchio in a cage and they ride off while Jiminy watches. Uh, then Jiminy decides to wish luck. Uh, he goes back to wish Pinocchio luck. He goes, he goes into the carriage. He discovers he's being held hostage. 
Geppetto goes into the uh, room looking for uh, Pino. He sees a horse-drawn carriage, not knowing Pino is inside. The blue fairy shows up in the carriage and asks, uh, why didn't he go to school? <laughs> he lies to her about being attacked by monsters. And his nose begins to grow so long that a bird's nest forms at the end of it. She frees him and then they escape. At the Red Lobster Inn, Honest John, Kitty, and Cochran. Uh, Cochran propositions Honest John to find stupid, disobedient boys for him to take to Pleasure Island. He says they never come back as boys. On the way back home, Honest John catches up to Pinocchio. Honest John uh, convinces Pinocchio he's allergic and needs a vacation on Pleasure Island. Pino meets other boys with Coachman on their way to uh, Pleasure Island. They set sail. Now, Pleasure Island is where it gets kind of kind of weird. Okay, okay. It is implied to be an illegal or extremely notorious place. There, the boys are free to do whatever they please, such as smoking, drinking, alcohol, fighting, wrecking the place, and other deeds that good ch children wouldn't do. Food, alcohol, and tobacco are made freely available on the island. The boys are also free of the law and any parents or cops who could stop them from being naughty. Essentially, the island is designed to be the perfect bad boy's paradise. However, once the boys have spent enough time being bad, they begin to succumb to a deadly curse that exists over the island, planted via dark magic by the coachman himself, which turns them into donkeys making them complete jackasses of themselves and behaving like destructive animals. Uh, <laughs> now, they usually lose the ability to talk, though some donkeys like Alexander can still talk and then finally go on all fours. Now, the donkeys are then rounded up by the coachman and his minions and then inspected. Those who can no longer talk are stripped of their clothes and thrown into crates and then taken back to the mainland via ferry and are finally sold by the coachman into hard labor and salt mines at the circus and possibly other places for money. The few donkeys who retain their voices, however, are not shipped with the others and are presum presumably kept by the coachman until they are too completely lose their voices or possibly disposed of to prevent them from warning other victims who come to the island. It appears uh, the curse takes effect once the boys have committed enough bad behavior. There appears to be no way to stop once the transformation begins and appears to be permanent. As even remorse for their actions doesn't reverse the effects and Pinocchio's donkey ears, tails, and bray, and his laugh do not disappear. Okay. That's the backstory of Pleasure Island. Holy cow. Am I back down already? Wait. Bear with me. Hold up. Yeah. Oh, come on. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. 
don't do this. Um, pull up, y'all. Te- technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. Okay, if you watch me on the backup channel, if it goes dead, go to the main channel. Sorry, guys. Okay, where we at? Where we at? Needs a vacation. They said sail. They arrive. Jiminy is looking for Pino. Coachman has black figured henchmen lock the doors behind them. Pino meets a kid named Lampley. Lamp Lampwick Lampwick. Lampwick and Pino are playing billiards. Jiminy catches up with Pino. Disgusted by Pino's behavior, he walks away. Then discovers donkeys being loaded onto ships. They're stripped of clothes and set and sent to the salt mines. The donkeys that can still talk are uh, corralled. Lampwick begins to grow donkey ears and discovers he's turning into a donkey completely. Pino begins to grow donkey ears. Pino and Jiminy look for a way off the island. They jump into the ocean and swim back home. Geppetto isn't home. The house is barren. Uh, They received a message from a blue bird saying Geppetto has been swallowed by a whale. So I guess that's the whole Bible thing with the, the whale. Jonah and the whale. Okay. They go to the bottom of the ocean looking for the whale. The whale's name is Monstro. Geppetto and Figaro, the little black cat. Are starving inside the uh, are starving inside of Monstro the whale. Pinocchio and Jiminy manage to get to, to get swallowed and find Geppetto. Uh, Pinocchio comes up with comes up with an idea to create a fire in the belly of the whale to make Monstro sneeze. Uh, they're sneezed out, but Monstro gives chase. They escape through the other, other side of a cave. Pinocchio has seemingly drowned. The voice of the blue fairy speaks, and then Pinocchio becomes a real boy. Jiminy gets a gold star. The end. <laughs> ah, that was Pinocchio. Uh, I will also break this up and put these one by one on the movie review channel for you guys as well, too. So, okay. Now... The movie breakdown of the night that um, let let me just be honest, black people. This is your movie. This is your movie. Project power is your movie. Do you understand? This is your movie. Okay. The whole um, genetic code. All the melanin conferences that we learned about that they have every five to ten years to figure out how to crack the code for melanin and Henrietta Lacks. This is your movie. I'm going to go very slow with this movie and and take my time with this shit. I literally just finished watching this thing half an hour ago. Literally. Okay. Okay. So in the vein of X-Men... And Code 8 and Limitless, we have Project Power, okay? Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he plays Frank. Dominic Fishback is 
clearly the star of this movie, the little black girl that raps. She plays Robin. Jamie Foxx is Jamie Foxx. Listen, when is the last time Jamie Foxx has ever turned in a bad performance? He plays Art. Let's be honest. The only movie I care about Jamie Foxx right now is the Tyson biopic. That's all I care about. At this point, um, let me let me say this real quick. Once they once they shoot the biopic, the Tyson, I'm telling you right now, Jamie Foxx will go down as one of the greatest actors of any generation. Okay, you understand? Like that's how locked in for Tyson he is. Like we all know he can the Ray thing and, and all the other shit. Listen, when when Jamie Foxx knocks this shit out the fucking park with this Tyson biopic. Fuck Will Smith, Muhammad Ali. No, no, no. No, no, no. I watched a five-minute montage of Jamie Foxx as Mike Tyson. My God. My God. Listen. Another Academy War is coming for the two. I don't give a fuck. Listen. I don't give a fuck what Corey Holcomb says about Jamie Foxx. I don't give a fuck about none of that. None of the, none of the stories we've all heard. I don't give a fuck. This dude is a phenomenal phenomenal character actor you would be hard pressed to find me another better character actor than jamie fox black white red blue green i don't give a fuck who you'd be hard pressed to name me somebody right now that's better than jamie fox as a character actor okay now let's move forward to this movie also rodrigo santoro is in this movie well sly who the fuck is rodrigo santoro yeah if you watch 300 he played Xerxes. He's in this movie. Okay. So that I'm just I had to get that out of the way. I had to I had to give a, a shout out to the chirp for Nick's for Nick's sake. <laughs> Lacquer, hey mama. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. All right, so let me get into this. So there's a gang meeting in a shipping yard for power. It's a drug. Okay. Machine gun Kelly's in this is as well as is too. Six weeks later, there's 911 uh, phone calls flooded with calls about superhuman feats from the taking the pill power. Okay. Robin gets jumped trying to sell power. Uh, they're discovered by Frank the cop. He lets the three offenders leave. Frank and Robin have a working relationship. She supplies him power. He's a cop. Okay. He gives her a dirt bike from the police impound. Radio interviews talk about a talk about videos of superhuman feats. A kid running thirty five miles per hour. Now let's now let's get into the human realities of that. If a human ran thirty five miles an hour, uh, his tendons would explode. You understand? That's scientific. If you ran more than thirty five miles an hour, your fucking tendons would explode. But you know, I'm trying to keep this thing grounded. All right. Uh, da, 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 da. Art is looking for Newt, played by Machine Gun Kelly. Art wants to know who's supplying them the power. Newt's face is partially burned from using power before. Newt pops a power pill and then turns into a living inferno. Literally, he's a man on fire. And I don't mean the movie. Okay. He begins to chase Art down while setting everything ablaze. Uh, Newt then flames out and he pops another pill. So you take the power pill and it gives you whatever powers that's unlocked inside of you for five minutes. Or if you take a pill, it will kill you. 
So, all right. Now, um, another pill. Art runs into an apartment, uh, turns on the shower, and then catches Newt and throws him in a tub of water. Newt gives up Biggie. Uh, I'm sorry, Rodrigo plays Biggie. He's the supplier. Uh, before he implodes, he explodes from overuse. Okay. There's a flashback scene of Art's daughter being kidnapped after a car crash. The next day, Robin goes to school. Her mom has diabetes. She needs a she needs money for an operation. This is why uh, Robin is selling power. Okay. Art has Newt's phone. Robin knows Newt. They're cousins. She's texting him thinking he survived the fire. Robin's teacher chastises her, says she's getting a D in class. The teacher sends her to the principal's office. She then ditches school. Frank takes a robbery call. He breaks procedure. He pops a power pill and enters the building. It's a bank robbery. The bank robber's powers is invisibility. He's invisible. Frank gives chase. The bank robber gets hit in the face with a die pack. Frank catches up to the robber. The robber grabs Frank's gun and shoots Frank in the temple. Frank is bulletproof. That's his power. He then tackles the robber and begins to beat him. He misses a punch and then cracks the street. He, he misses. He's beating him. He's on top of him, beating him. And he misses and he cracks the pavement underneath, uh, crushing the pavement when he punched it. Okay. The captain and Frank have a heart to heart. It begin a covert operation. Captain gives Frank a picture of Art. Captain tells Frank Art is the source of the power. Okay. Art is in a diner. He reads an article of a man from Slidell outrunning police on foot clocked at 45 miles per hour. This all takes place in New Orleans. Cindy, you're on the backup channel. This phone's going to die. Uh, the main channel is where everybody's pretty much at. Anyone that's on the backup, if you just, I'm looking at you guys right now. This is going to die in about five minutes. So go to the main channel. All right. Robin comes to the meeting place looking for Newt. Art then flattens the tires of Robin's dirt bike. Art then takes her hostage. Frank calls Robin for a re-up. Art tells Robin Newt is dead. He threatens to knock her ass out and kill her mama, Irene. <laughs> Biggie then meets with a South American drug dealer. Biggie has after effects of using power. Okay. Uh, Frank is tracking down Art. Robin then texts Frank for help. Art sends Robin into a supermarket. Robin tells the store manager the major is here. The major then pops a power pill. Art manages uh, Art and the store manager and two henchmen engage in combat. Art is shot. He rescues Robin and mistakes her for his daughter Tracy. Art then finds a control room. Art says the government allowed the testing of power on regular people, aka lab rats. Now, where have we heard this before? Uh, there's pictures of Newt and the female drug dealer on the screen. There's a demonstration plan later on that night. Art passes out. Robin then escapes. The store manager expels the bullets from his body, so he's invincible. 
the store manager. He gets shot. He wakes up. Bullets come out of his body. So that's his power for five minutes. He's in, he's invincible. Art recovers and saves Robin from being killed by the store manager. Art then stabs the manager as his invincibility wears off. Uh, okay, so Newt was Robin's cousin. Okay, Art tells Robin he's trying to find his daughter. Frank then shows up to Robin's and sees Irene, the mother, being harassed and questioned by uh, members of the Telios. Okay. He then sneaks in the bathroom, takes off his clothes, and plays like he's her lover. So then he uses like the racial thing against the agents and they end up leaving. That was funny. That was funny. Okay. The men leave. Frank plants a tracking device on their van. Robin's mom has diabetes and needs surgery. Art tells her to go to the army or to the oh okay, okay, okay. So um Art and Robin having a, a talk. Art tells her to go to the army, exploit the system, make it work for her, find her skill set, use her power. Okay, because she's making excuses for why she does what she does. He's like, there's ways around it. You know, use the system as the system uses you. You understand? Okay, he makes fun of her rapping skills. He calls her Cardi C. She then begins to freestyle off the words he gave. He gives her. He gives her the word feline, seismograph, and antibiotic. And she freestyles all three of these words into a rap. Okay. So then he's impressed. And he tells her that's her power. Art then tells Robin, Telios is a defense contractor. They cracked the genetic code. Art was a bunch of army rangers selected. They were placed into a room of radiation that altered their genes. There's a brief flashback scene of Art's, uh, his, his torture scene. Uh, Art's daughter, Tracy, never got sick. Got physically stronger as she got older. She has powers without the pill. Telios kidnapped Tracy. Flashback scene of Tracy's kidnapping plays out. Frank is talking to Telios agents. Art uh, tails a guy to a secret demonstration in the back of a check cashing place. Biggie details. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Okay, so Biggie gives the breakdown of how power works. Power is derived off animal abilities. The examples given were a lizard for body body uh, regeneration, an octopus for camouflage, a wolverine frog that breaks its own bones to use as weapons. So it breaks its own bones, it protrudes out of its skin, and then uses it for weapons. An owl for night vision. Mice for body dexterity. Okay. So then Frank finds Robin. Frank wants to know where he is. Biggie gives a woman a power pill for demonstration. She begins to display thermal regulation power. This woman displays, uh, she's like the ice man. <laughs> she has ice abilities, freezing abilities, but they have to keep the room for her warm or else she'll, she'll, um, she'll freeze to death per se. You understand if it makes sense? So then uh, Art breaks in and then he approaches Biggie. He takes him hostage. Everybody has guns drawn. A henchman pops a pill. He then explodes. A shootout happens. Okay. This is the best part of the movie, clearly. So now the viewpoint goes inside the, the, the cage or the, of the, the tube with the woman. 
So while she's freezing to death, in each pane of the window of the glass, you see some action. Someone's getting shot, stabbed, beat, beat up. It's a beautifully shot scene. And all this, all the while, you see this going through on through the glass. The woman is literally freezing to death. Her hand breaks off. You know how liquid nitrogen, you freeze the body part and you remove it and it breaks off. So she's dying from basically uh, from freezing from over. For, for, she turns into an icicle. She ends up dying. OK. <laughs> Art then recaptures Biggie, shoots off his fingers. Frank approaches uh, Art from behind. Biggie pops a power pill and begins to turn into a 10-foot behemoth. If you um, watch the movie, seen the movie, what is it called? The Not The Extraordinary Gentleman, was it? It had Sean Connery. Uh, he played a character. They had Jekyll and Hyde. They had uh, The Invisible Man. That movie, he turns into like the, that version of, of, of Mr. Hyde. The big, bulbous, gigantic, muscular crazed individual that's what rod um biggie turns into just like that particular creature okay okay so then during the chase art untaps gas cylinders and then shoots the cylinders and blow he blows up biggie in the process frank then steals some power pills frank takes art into custody to the captain yes thank you league of distinguished gentlemen that David, there you go. That's I knew somebody. I got sharp. I got sharp audience. Sharp guys. Okay. So then Art tells Frank New Orleans is a testing site and that his captain is compromised. They're field testing to see if the compound can be stabilized for mass production. Frank then leaves Art in the car for the Telios agents to find. Art is taken to the shipping port. To the, the ship where they're about to sail off to sea, okay? The, the original shipping yard from that you see from the beginning of the movie, okay? Frankton pops a pill and then breaks in. Art meets the doctor, and the doctor tells Art the story of Henrietta Lacks. Mm. Frank is shot at the gate. Ant is told Tracy has permanent powers. Robin then infiltrates the ship. Frank begins his plan to rescue Art. He encounters a loosely jointed power uh, like Plastic Man. So he's fighting this dude. This dude is extremely beyond double jointed. He's flexible like a mofo. Plastic Man. He then pulls one of his arms into the path of a door. Art then tells one of the guards the powers uh, derived from animals. He tells the story of a pistol shrimp. He then <laughs> he then shows the guard the pill before he he shows the guy he shows the guard I got the pill. He said you want you want to guess what my power is now the pistol shrimp. Let me let me. <laughs> I thought this I thought it was bullshit. Okay, I thought it was bullshit. I said, let me look this up for real. The pistol shrimp. This is a real thing. The pistol shrimp has two claws, a small pincer and an enormous snapper. The snapper, which can grow up to half length of the shrimp's body, does not have two symmetrical halves like the pincer. Instead, half of it is immobile. 
called a propus, which has a socket. The other half, called a dactyl, is the mobile part. It has a plunger that fits into the socket. The shrimp opens the dactyl by co-contracting both an opener and closer muscle. This builds tension until another muscle, uh, another another closer muscle contracts, setting the whole thing off with incredible force. But that's not the killer part. The killer part is this: this thing is shoot, it shoots water at a high rate of speed, and it will either knock its opponent out or kill it. But this is not. This is the crazy part. Okay. It says it essentially creates a cavitation bubble, said coral reef biologist Nancy Knowlton of the Smithsonian Institute. And when the bubble collapses, it generates that snap sound as opposed to the impact of the claws uh, making the noise. More importantly, the collapse of the bubble generates for a split second temperatures of 8,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Nearly as hot as the surface of the sun. And also oddly a flash of light. The resulting shockwave bombards the shrimp's prey, which if it's lucky will die instantly because it's then dragged into the pistol shrimp's burrow and consumed. What in the fuck? I did not know there's actual creatures that can create temperatures this hot. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. So then the guard frees Art. Art then squares off with the bearded man who kidnapped his daughter from the beginning. Frank shows up, tosses the shotgun to Art before getting punched in the chest. Art then shoots the bearded man twice in the chest with the shotgun. Robin then finds Tracy. Tracy is covered in stitches. She has an incision in the back of her neck. So that's brain stem. And she has an incision in the side of her in the side of her neck. That's lymph node type shit. Okay. So they done experimented on, on the on the girl. Um Robin finds Tracy. Tracy's covered in stitches. Art is reunited with Tracy. A henchman pops a power pill and his bones begin to break and then protrude out like weapons, aka the Wolverine frog. Art engages him, then stabs him with his own burnt bone spur. Robin gets captured. Art pops a pill, then surrenders. Art begins to incinerate the bullets being fired at him by the guards. He incinerates the guards around him. <laughs> he kills everything around him. He, he, he is the, the, he's the pistol shrimp. That is his power. Okay. He eviscerates a crane. A crane falls on top of the doctor, killing her instantly. After all, everyone's pretty much dead and laid out. Tracy uses her healing powers to revive her father. And then all four escape via lifeboat. Okay. Frank decides to be a whistleblower. Art and Tracy drive off. Art left Robin a bag of money for her mother's operation. Robin begins, uh, she be becomes a rapper as her song plays on the radio. The end. Black people, you win in this movie. And I'm seeing the reviews from a lot of non-black reviewers, and they're not happy. When's the last time we saw this? We saw this with Will Smith's After Earth. There was a bunch of non-positive reviews because black people 
are special and they're the ones, okay? And they win in the end. It's on Netflix. See this movie, Project Power. You you do yourself a, a, a favor, okay? It's, it, I like the world building. I hope they greenlight a sequel for this thing. I want to see more uh, backstory or more different uh, people that, that, that had the power pill want to see different power sets. I would love to, for them to explore this. This reminded me of Bright with Will Smith and uh, the white dude. I forget his name. Joel. Joel. I forget. Whatever. This reminded me of Bright. I like Bright. So, um, yes, it's on Netflix. It just came out today. Go see it. Go see it. Now, that is the end of the movie review portion. Like I said, I will break this up and put and chop it up onto the movie review channel. Now. For the next, I say half an hour, I want to talk about um, No ID's deal. Not much of a deal, um, if you ask me. Um, no ID's catalog is very sample heavy. Is very sample heavy, which means you use samples. You got to pay out a lot of people. The, you know, you don't get much money in return as royalties. But still, uh, to sign off 100% of everything I don't give a fuck how much money they give you up front. I, and I'm tired of hearing people, black people talk about generational wealth. No. Every time this conversation comes up, we get niggas doing dumb shit like this. Now, I get it. They're not allowed to keep these things for long. They're not allowed to pass these things off onto their children. I get all that. I get all that. But my question for everybody is this. Nick, my phone's going to die, bro. Go to the main channel. <laughs> This channel, this this phone is gonna is gonna die in about ten minutes. So you want to get over to the main channel. Um, a subscriber, Manta Munta, had a question. It was a fair question. Um, you know, would you sacrifice somebody or sell off or do or or sell it off? You understand? So. My question to everybody would be, would you sacrifice a loved one for your chance of generational wealth to leave for your kids and grandkids and great, great grandkids? Or would you sell it all? Would you sell it off? That's my question. So, and, and he says, Nick, yeah, he is. Yeah, this is, um, this is, this is a bad deal all the way around. I, people were trying to, Give me excuses for um, no ID doing it. There's no excuse. I mean, I get it. They put a pistol to your head and you had to do what you got to do. I understand all that. But 100%. 100%. 100%. Wow. Wow. That's that's sad. That's sad. My bad, my bad. Um, wait, wait. All day says, get up my wife, my mom. <laughs> you know what? I think I don't, people make decisions like this every day. Renzo said, <laughs> this fool said, he said sacrifice. I mean, that's the purpose of a sacrifice. This is true. Listen, this is, this is, this is not about, um, uh, this is not about a, re- a religious thing or anything like that. It, it, 
okay, let's be honest. All the great oligarchs that are, that are uh, that have come and gone, they're still operating today. Some they, someone had to go for those to to get to where they're they're at. A few people, okay. What in the words of Spock? In the words of Spock, uh, Star Trek: Wrath of Khan, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. <laughs> you know. When he went into the, the, the engine bay and did what he did and, you know, um, what are you doing, Spock? You're going you're gonna to kill yourself. <laughs> I remember when when uh, Kirk had to go up and he said, no, he's already dead. He's already dead. <laughs> what are you, and they were talking, the ship. Listen, <laughs> that entire scene, that scene alone, Rat the Con. I mean, oh wait, the, the movie was great. That's the best Star Trek film in my eyes ever. In my the Rat the Con is the best Star Trek film. And I hate Star Trek, but I'll I'll watch that shit religiously. I love Star Trek, the Rat the Con. Fuck dumb shit. Okay. Uh, uh, uh Ricardo Montalban. You know, and one thing I never understood, I've always had a question about this movie. Remember in the first act, his son dies, right? And he's holding his son. Nick, if you know this, if you know the, the answer to this question, please answer for me. Remember his son said, um, your way was better. Remember? And to this day, I wasn't sure if his son was being sarcastic or if he was being serious with his father. Because, you know, there's a lot of friction between him and his father in the, in the beginning, in that first act. And when he's, when he's holding him, he's like, he's dying. He's like, your way was better. And I was like, what? Why, why would he say that? Was he was he being serious? Was he trying to mock his father in death? I never understood. I never, I always wanted to know what, 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 what the fuck was that, what, what's that all about. Okay. So, yes, um, let's not act like if you had a legitimate chance of generating some real wealth, we're talking some real financial independence i mean some real um power moves you sit here gonna tell me you're not gonna you're not gonna up somebody for that shit you know what i'm saying if you really re so jelene says he, he was serious so you say he was serious okay i'll take your word for it nick said that scene brought to you in my eye it was a power that, that, listen that, the last seven minutes of that movie you know because you know, Khan set the set the bomb off and in the ship. Was it the Nautilus? I forget the name. It was the Nautilus. And you know, they, they the the warp drive was down. They couldn't get away. Escape, escape the blast. And you're like, oh my god, they're gonna die! What the fuck? They're gonna die! And Spock said, and Spock did what Spock had to do. Wait, wait. You know what? Let me do this real quick. Bear with me because I'm being a kid right now. I'm in I'm in nostalgia mode. Wrath of Khan. I have I just have to see it one time, y'all. Just just bear with me. Spock's death. Oh my god. Oh my god, this is horrible. Tragic. Let's play Rage Shadow. Ah, ah. I wait for the ads. Gotta wait for the ads. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Oh shit, here we go. 
wait, wait, wait. I want to say, Jim, you better get down here. I'm, I'm just, just bear with me, y'all. Oh, shit. Here you go. Conversation between him and Spock. It's powerful stuff. Wait, I'm gonna do y'all better. Let's do this. Let's let me let's pull it up and watch it together, shall we? Let's pull it up and watch it together briefly. Hopefully, I don't get in trouble for this. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Okay, 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 okay. He's not Eddie dead. Oh, tragic, tragic, tragic. Wait, just bear with me. Oh, shit, Spock death scene. Oh, my lord. Here we go. Here we go. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, let me find you guys with me. Wait, wait, wait. Screen share. Screen share. Hold up. He walks into the glass because he's blind.
a friend. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, and we're back. <laughs> we're back. Wait. <laughs> God damn. God damn. Okay, so no ID. Yeah, uh, I, I, Mozart, I did talk about it. It was, it was, a, it was a fucked up deal. Um, it, it, it's a tragic deal. Tragic. Tragic. I don't give a fuck how much money you got up front for it. Um, like I said. You know, the question is, would you off somebody, would you offer somebody in your family, one or two or three, four people for access to real wealth? And I think most people would do it. That's just, that's my opinion. It's not about what I would do. You know what the fuck I would do. But I'm just saying that uh, I think more people would, would, would take that offer. Or make that decision to do so more than they care to, to realize or admit. You know, um, this goes to show once again that, yes, urban artists and most artists, you know, white or black, but urban artists uh, especially will never be allowed to, to own their masters like that to a certain extent. And people keep saying, well, E-40, OK, E-40, that's great. Let's see if E-40 lives long enough to give it to his kids. I Unless you can name me an urban artist that was able to pass off their musical masters to their children, maybe Quincy Jones, but who knows, you know? Um, some can't wait to screw your work up. This is true, Nick. This is true. This is true. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Wait, Jilly, just uh, you really you don't like this movie at all? It's a great movie. I don't like Ricardo Montalban. What? Barry Gordy, good question. Now remember, they took Motown away from Barry. Okay, they took Motown away from Barry. They merged it under. At one point, it was under Universal. You understand? At one point, it was under Universal. But um, they took it from him. He didn't give that up. He didn't get that up. You know, so I, I, I can't I can't offhand tell you anybody that in the business that was able to give the masses to the to their kids, you know, so I had to do some looking around and, and asking questions about that. But, you know, that's why I, I laugh every time I hear these young artists talk about I got my master's. Okay, so Chris Brown said he has his, right? Um, Tory Lanez says he has his. I'm just like, you niggas ain't even in your 40s yet. Y'all, that should be well back in their hands before you know it. You know, yeah, you never get away clean. It's on Capitol. So it's, yeah, that, I mean, the, the Motown is still up and running. I'm just saying they took that shit, you know, and folded it back under, under, under there, you know, made it a subsidiary. You know, at one point, Sylvia Rohn, when after she left Electra, she did a stint at, at Motown. Uh, I forget who else. They, they had a bunch of urban guys come in and run Motown for for a hot minute. You know what I'm saying? So that just goes to show right there. 
and in, you know, but um, yeah, that that was it for tonight, guys. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold y'all up like that, unless you guys got any questions for me specifically. I see you, Edward. I'm working on your I'm working on your custom breakdowns as we speak. So I got you. Um, anything else? I don't think so. All right. So I thank everybody for for joining, for coming in. Neo was running Motown for a little bit. He was as an executive. Neo. That's that's news to me. Oh, you know what? I want to talk about this real quick. I, let, let me talk about this real quick. I got to. God damn it. As you mentioned, you have you noticed that the industry takes black owned companies and products. Oh yeah, uh, Swan. I mean, case in point. My next, uh, you good point. Robert Johnson with with uh, BET. I have always believed that he was made to give it up. Also, Russell Simmons had to give up Def Jam, right? Because y'all forget, Leor was a roadie for Run DMC. This is how fucked up the game is. At one point, Leor Cohen was a roadie for uh, for Run DMC. How the hell do you end up with Def Jam? You know what I'm saying? So if Russell had to give it up, I'm I'm I still am on the on the belief that Robert Johnson had to give up BET. You know, um, and and I keep hearing this. To me, it's a dead ass argument. If the black elite are not able to pass down any substantial generational wealth, what chance does the average Joe Blow have? I, I get tired of these fucking arguments from these niggas on YouTube. We got to create businesses. We got to do this. We got to do that. Well, guess what happens when you get too big? When you make too much money? When you become too much of a competition for these white companies? They're coming to get you. You understand? They're coming to get you. So by all means, stay your ass under the radar. But you know black folk don't know how to stay under the radar. As a matter of fact, out of all black, uh, black people in the chat right now, how many of you guys... Grew up with a family-owned business. How many of y'all in the chat right now grew up with a family-ran business? How many of you guys grew up with a family-ran business when you were little? And if you did, what happened to it? Well, we know you did, Cindy. You don't count. Anybody else besides motherfucking Cindy? Okay. So for to those that grew up with the family business, what happened? Did y'all still have it? Did y'all sell out? What happened? What happened? My uncle ran into the ground. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, but previous killed it. Oh, my God. So, not the evil white man that come through, scoop the shit up. Me and my dad's bootleg liquor business. So, it wasn't the evil white man that 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 turned it in, that killed it. Does look being a lookout for local people is killed. <laughs> uh, 
Michael Jordan was given a $300 million loan and only had to pay $30 million down to buy the Hornets. Now, eight win that, you know what? That's another good question. Will Michael be able to leave the Hornets to his sons like Jerry West or, uh, or, or like the bus family is, was able to do it. Right. Jerry bus left it to the, 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 the brother and the sister. And all they do is fight and fuck it over. Will he be able to do what Jerry Buss did? My cousins owned a church and still running, I think. Okay. 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 My dad sold the company for shares of Kroger stock. Shit. I ain't mad at that. I I get why he did that. I get it. Because at one point, Kroger's was like the shit. I get that part. But for the most part, all the... All the chances of, of of us having generational wealth were not taken or stolen or usurped by the evil white man. Are, are we in agreement that most opportunities at generational wealth, we we at our at us squandered it or didn't appreciate it, didn't take care of it, didn't grow it, right? So, oh, 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 one more thing. I caught a lot of heat for the Susu rant. I'm not done. I caught a lot of heat for the Susu rant. I had motherfuckers coming at me at my neck talking about you're wrong and you're xenophobist and you're talking about immigrants and that's not how Susu. Shout out to Darkman X. He broke it down for me. Okay. Um, everyone else is coming from my neck, right? So there's a, a YouTuber. There's a workout YouTuber. Okay. I'm not going to say his name. He was part of a Sue Sue. And he brought his followers in on the Sue Sue. And then guess what happened? Not even three days ago, he's on fucking YouTube. He's upset because black people can't come together and do good business. What? Really? You don't say. Now, now, don't get me wrong. He's an American black. He's not Jamaican. He's not African. He's good old USA. These was niggas running Susu's fucking it up. You understand? <laughs> My boy just hit me up about this. <laughs> Mal, geez, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> that nigga was mad. Listen, he said he lost eight grand in a week he said he lost eight grand in a week nigga listen if i lose a grand nothing will stop me from coming to find you eight grand you sealed your fate you understand eight grand you sealed your fucking fate if i don't get you i'm gonna get your kid i'm gonna get your mama i'm gonna get somebody close to you i'm gonna get somebody Eight grand? Come on, man. Really? So, yeah. The Susu thing. And people were like, well, you know, if if practiced correctly, my family did this. My family did that. That's all well and good. That's good. It should run like that. But unfortunately, for the most part, they ran poorly. They ran with ill intent. 
Okay, they're not they're not r- run with the intent of helping and freeing people from uh, economic enslavement. Do you understand? So every time I see, um, like it's it, it's it's become a trigger to me. Every time I hear someone say, "Yo, I'm bringing someone in, some 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 some," I just be like, "Oh my god, oh my," you know what I'm saying? I lost twenty eight grand in three weeks. Oh yeah, see. That's that. Yeah, that's. <laughs> he said niggas from the die big fella. Hell yeah! Listen, hey, wait, wait. So this nigga's on YouTube. <laughs> he's heated. <laughs> he's he, he's like, man, black people can't do nothing together. We can't we can't get it together. <laughs> and I shouldn't be laughing at him, but I'm laughing at him. I'm like, that's what the fuck you get. That's what the fuck you get. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Listen, integrity uh, in black business has eroded so much over the last, I don't know, 50, 60 years. You know what I'm saying? For the most part, black the integrity of black business has eroded to a point where um, you think black business, you think scam, you think poor quality, less than. You don't think highly of a black business. <clears throat> This is why if you are a black business, you don't even say you're a black business because you're going to keep putting that box. Right? The worst thing you can do to yourself as a business owner is c- call yourself a black business. You put yourself in that fucking box. I'll tell any person, any, any, any melanated person, don't consider yourself a black business. Don't put black in front of anything you, 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 you say or do. You know what I'm saying? Like the term black YouTubers. That's not good. You're a YouTuber. Quit putting black in front of it because you put yourself in a very, very small box. And you limit yourself and you limit your opportunities, you know? Because every time you say black business, motherfuckers be like, ah, it's some bullshit. It's some bullshit somewhere. Speaking of Jay Morrison, <laughs> what more needs to be said? I called it out three, two, three years ago. Niggas came to his defense. Now niggas is like, oh, Tony, the closers are going to, Tony, listen. Shout out to Tony the Closer. But how can I say this? How can I say this? It's hard for me to feel bad when you have more money than me. You have more resources than me. You have more of everything. And if I can decipher this is bullshit, why couldn't you? You know what I'm saying? Like I said, it's not a shot to Tony. But I'm just saying, like, this dude is a former, uh, what? Did he play NFL? So he's got access to the things that I I can only dream of. But yet, in my limited scope of knowledge, I can did I read that shit deduced in five minutes. This is bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Hell no. What's that red shirt behind you? Oh no. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> y'all see what it is? <laughs> y'all see what it is? <laughs> I get the most awesome gifts. And yo, so yo, I got these, right? And I'm going to wear it with my camos. Hold up. So I'm going to wear it with my camo joints. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to wear it with my camo joints. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? So nah, I totally ain't getting that money back. And um, yeah, it would probably cost him an arm and a leg to take him to court and all that extra shit. And it, w- it probably wouldn't be worth it. 
he's not he's not gonna get that money back. That's some type of shit. Um, I said, oh, you gonna make me cry because it's back. So, no, 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 no crying, no crying, no crying. Celebration, celebration. But no, um, he's not gonna get that money back. That type of shit. Honestly, that's some street shit. That's how I would handle it. If you if if I'm Tony, which I'm not, I'm I'm handling that in the streets. That's just me. That's how I would do it. You know what I'm saying? So um, it just it amazes me at a lot of the financial mistakes that these athletes make, especially when they have access to CPAs, um, you know, financial analysts, financial planners. They have access to the, to the white people shit, and yet y'all make mistakes like this. You got 22 of your 28 back in six months. That's good. You know what I'm saying? That that's what that's what kills me. Like I said, it's not, not no shot to Tony, but I'm like, nigga, you got how much how many hundreds of grand in, in how much access do you have? And I could figure out this dude was a crook. Right? The NFL put out a memo. Like, don't invest with this nigga. Right? And it the NFL has such a bad rap with players going broke. They set up an actual branch of the NFL where you can go get financial literacy. They have, this is recent, like as of a, maybe a decade or so. But in the last decade, the NFL has opened a branch for players to learn money management. They have investment opportunities, okay? Because they're tired of seeing motherfuckers go broke under their watch. You understand? So there's no excuse um, for a Jay Morrison to, to take however much money he took from this dude, like I said, fifty grand. You don't put a price on your on your head, on your wife's head, on your kid's head. You know what I'm saying? I don't give a fuck who gets it. Give me somebody. Give me a bring me back a head. So th- there it is. There. That that's but that, like I said, that's how I would handle it. Fifty racks. You you, you just you bought yourself a nice casket. Pearl inlays, gold handles, mother white pearl. You know what I'm saying? You didn't bought yourself a, a real nice casket. You go, you gonna have a real nice going home uh, celebration when we when we get done with your ass. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, Swan says, "Well, sir, you're not the average Joe Schmo, so of course you was healing him out. Not not even that Swan had when when the Tulsa thing first came out." The first thing I said to everybody, I said, look, he's playing on, on emotions. Tulsa real estate f- uh, fund. That was the first strike. That's the first red flag. I was like, you playing with people's emotions, nigga. So I didn't, the average, see, tier three thinking, right? You play on people's emotions. Because at that time, Tulsa, everyone was talking about Tulsa. It was real hot. It was a hot button topic. You know what I mean? And then, um, the 500 bucks now you know damn well 500 investing in anything is not going to be enough to get you financially free that's some bullshit okay ain't shit you can invest in for 500 bucks and that will generate monies in uh, in five or six years to make you financially free there's that's not it doesn't doesn't work like that like go watch boiler room <laughs> or uh um wolf of wall street 
You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have to be a, a smarty arty to figure this shit out. And it it hurt me when black people were so angry at me for 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 going against this. And they're like, "How could you? You're a coon. We're trying to get free, and you're not helping. And you're you're a problem. You're preventing us from being from getting free." For those that that follow me longer, y'all remember I was catching hell. I was catching hell for that shit. So um. No, I, I don't feel bad for guys like Tony because you got access to vet these niggas like that. You know, I, I listen, I got buddies that play in the NFL and trust me, family members hit them up all the time for some from some bullshit ass plan. And they'd be like, ah, OK, get at get at my uh, advisor, send it to my advisor, draft a draft a business plan, get it to my advisor. And guess what? They never draft the business plan and get to their advisor because they know it's, it's some bullshit. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and then, and then, and then with the, with the Tulsa thing, he, the properties listed that he's trying to invest in, this nigga's trying to invest in a nightclub, a night club. You understand? Like he had a list of things he's trying to get into. And one of them that stuck out to me was a nightclub, nigga, a nightclub in Atlanta. Uh, okay. <laughs> As if they don't, as if they need one more nightclub in Atlanta. There are ghost towns all across this country for sale. You know, um, what else? It's that list of properties he had, and then you got you get to read in terms and conditions of of the uh, of the of the investment fund. You couldn't ask for your money back until after two years. And there's some other weird shit like, hell nah, hell no. And then, and, and, and then the uh, uh, FC, uh, not SEC, but um, security, the SEC ex- Securities Exchange asked for a, a copy of the shit. And even they were like, this is some bullshit. And I told y'all, I had called some buddies of mine that, that, that have actual MBAs. And they and I, I I said, hey, what do you guys think about this shit? And they laughed at me on the phone. Remember, I, I told y'all that the conversation. It's like, well, we wouldn't invest no bullshit like this. You know what I'm saying? So there were plenty, plenty of warning signs, red flags, red herrings, um, bad mojo around this dude. And every and then all of a sudden started coming out that he stiffed one of his friends, sold the house for one of his friends, took the money. He, he File personal bankruptcy. So then, then this shit all started coming out. And motherfuckers still get his nigga money. And then I think for me, the kicker was when he had the pay-per-view for his wedding. Now, don't get me wrong. That was some smart-ass shit. Let me tell y'all something. That was genius. Him having that pay-per-view for his wedding. That was a boss-ass genius move. That was boss's shit. But even but that at that point I was like this nigga is uh, he he's gone, like this nigga is, is solely about the money. This nigga is like the black version of uh of uh who's who's the white dude um the Ponzi scheme dude who's the white the old white man the Ponzi scheme guy. What's his name, y'all? Shit. What is his fucking name? The old man. They did the HBO movie with Robert De Niro. Yeah, Bernie Madoff. He is a black version of Bernie Madoff. I said, God damn. This nigga had a pay-per-view for his fucking wedding. 
That's some shit I expect a white person to do. You understand? That's some shit I expect a white person to do. But when niggas do it, I be like, God damn, that's some smart ass shit. And then first, first, first clue I had of this dude that I knew something was, wasn't right. This dude used to work for, uh, what's the auction house? The big auction house that's based out of the, out of the UK. The biggest auction house on the planet. What's the, what's the, what's the name of the auction house, guys? Uh, Lloyd's of London? Is that is that it? He said he used to work for Lloyd's of London, right? And then he said he quit. He quit so he can go into business of helping his people. Nigga. Oh, Sotheby's. I'm sorry. Thank you, Nick. Sotheby's. So you mean to tell me this nigga from the hood that's so crack gets a job with Sotheby's, one of the biggest auction houses on the planet. You mean to tell me this nigga that comes from nothing just walk with walk with me. Yo. He comes from nothing. Okay. He does prison time for drugs. Somehow he gets his real estate license and he and he goes to work for Sotheby's. And then he quits Sotheby's to help his people. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I guess. I guess. So yeah, that's my take on Jay Morrison. Um I think me and Tone Talks was the only ones that said this is some bullshit. Okay, maybe he didn't say it like I said it, but I said it was bullshit. And I got drugged. I was put on a cross. Y'all made me, well, not y'all, but they made me carry that cross. They put the, the branches, the thorns on my on my forehead. They, they nailed me to that fucking cross, man, and let the birds pick at me and shit. <laughs> the crows would come and pick at my fucking liver, <laughs> and that shit would grow back every night. <laughs> And the crows would come back in the morning and pick that shit up again. <laughs> yeah, so um wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm gonna wrap this up, y'all. I've been talking way too long. I wasn't trying to be on here this long. T- tomorrow. Uh, let me let me say this real quick on my little rant before I end this. I want to give a big, big shout out to my to my bros, uh Nick Taylor and Truth Teller 410. Um I mean, for as much as motherfuckers don't like us or you don't like me, um, it, it warms my heart to know you niggas be watching me from the fucking clouds. You watch you watch me and my guys from the fucking clouds, okay? And you sit at home and take notes. I'm glad we can educate you dumb niggas on some shit. I'm glad. Um, I'm just glad we can help you niggas learn some things. In life. And uh, so please. By all means. Keep watching us from the fucking clouds. And we're going to remind you. You niggas every fucking Sunday. At how dumb you fucking really are. And how much smarter we are. Than a lot of you motherfuckers on this YouTube thing. I We will con- we will happily. Remind you niggas. Every fucking Sunday. That when it comes to, to, to the size of our brain pans. We're much bigger than y'all's. Okay. So. Um, <laughs> with that being said, I want to thank everybody that came out tonight. And uh, <laughs> tomorrow night's gonna be good. <laughs> See you guys tomorrow night. Y'all have a good night. Peace. <laughs>